Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. It's so funny because I was talking to my Zoom people and the people on Facebook, and my friend Melanie Miller goes, where are you? I can't hear. I go, no, 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 I'm not connected yet. Welcome, everyone. Once again, once again, thank you for joining. Please, please, please share. It's going to be an amazing podcast. Anyways, I don't know. Let me put it this way. It's an amazing podcast for me. Absolutely an amazing podcast for me because I, I understand today how somebody rescripted my mother in 1970 when she joined her multi-level marketing business. And because of that rescripting, it changed the entire trajectory of my family. So let's dive in together. Hey, Monique, Dorothy, let's dive in together. I think there's going to be a few notes you're going to you're going to want to write down. Anybody joining us for the first time, we're covering the book. We're approaching the end. But honestly, I went through a little bit more this morning, Marie-Pierre, of the book. Melanie, I think we still have a month ago, like like, because I definitely want to do the questions and answers at the end of the book of Stephen. He's just an amazing, amazing author, brilliant person. So it's the seven habits of the highly, highly effective people. We're in habit number seven, the last of the habits, which is about sharpening the saw. Seventh habit is about the other six habits habits. Today, the subject was scripting others. And I was intrigued by this, the subject because when I read the chapter yesterday with Melanie and Marie-Pierre, I said, okay, for me, there's an element that's missing because it talks about scripting others. So this is what's my take on it, okay? Melanie's going to have the examples, which is going to put it into context, the power we have when we pour into other people. And Marie-Pierre is going to give us the exercises so we can pour into other people. For my part, I said, let me take this angle. Okay, so for all of you waiting for more in your life, and not getting it. Like, honestly, if you're going in the chat or on Podbeam or if you're in, on Facebook, like, honestly, how many of you would have imagined that your life at this day and age you are at, you would have been more? Okay. This is not how you had predicted it where you would be. So for all of you wanting more and not getting more or not getting more fast enough, you, fast enough, you need to ask yourself, when are you going to stop listening to the voices of your mother, your father, uh, your teacher, and whoever else scripted you? That's where I wanted to start today, okay? Because these are voices in our heads, you know? You know, we're poor, you got to save money. And for you, you know, this is the script you have. You know, you have to work hard, uh, rich people are crooked, uh, only, you know, and, and all these script, scripts that came as we were being raised, some, some from our teachers, some from our parents, some, some from the people we hang out with, okay? So this is what I wrote. 
when I start listening, when my mom started listening to her inner voice and it said to her, why don't you start listening to the voice of God? That's when she seized an opportunity. Now, I need to share with you every day we are introduced. This was another book I read. Every day we are introduced to at least 10 opportunities a day. Unfortunately, we don't see them. We don't hear them. We're not even aware these opportunities are happening. So in other words, I believe in God. So I'm going to use that language. God is always whispering in our ear. He's always telling us. When my mom took the decision that she was not going to die poor, even if she came from generation and generation of poverty, well, I could only imagine, I'm only guessing now, that that day, this one opportunity, she seized it. But we all have had opportunities before, like my mother had opportunities before that moment, but probably others after that moment. So the day you decide that you're going to be the best version of yourselves, the whole world is going to change. So stop following the scripts written for you years ago by someone else based on their personal needs. Start listening to the, the intuitive voice of your immediate, authentic self. I need you to trust yourself and I need you to trust me. <laughs> that means trust the people around you who gain nothing from you being successful. Okay. Those you've got to try, like at a certain point, I know a lot of people are not trusting because things have happened in their life, but at a certain point, it's better to be trusting and get hurt again than not be trusting and miss out on an opportunity. Like between the two, I'd rather trust you and get hurt by you than not trust you and pass by somebody that could have made a big difference in my life. Okay. So rescript you change the committee in your head. So what I visualized is that as my mom scripted me, as my dad scripted me, my teachers, my environment, my neighborhood, it kind of created a committee, you know, like, a um, uh, in, in the time of Caesar, they had what they called the, the, the Senate, and they're all sitting around. Well, I visualize the Senate in my head, okay? And the Senate is dictating me, this committee that was formed over the years by, you know, religious tradition, peers, coaches, is dictating to me, to myself, the perceptions I'm seeing. Because remember, I only see through my own eyes, which in turn informs our notion of how we need to operate in this world. Such things as stay in your comfort zone. Find yourself a good job and keep it. You know it's important security. This is all scripting. This is all the committee in my brain, that Senate that was created that's telling me uh, living in debt is normal as long as you're paying the minimum on your visa card. This is a committee. It's all in my brain. It depends where I come from, what I've seen. Living paycheck to paycheck. Wow, your success story most people can't manage. Okay? Most operate in survival mode. In fact, Supposedly, the statistics say that more than 80% operate life in survival mode. You're, you listening to this podcast, okay, here's an indication. You listening to this podcast, you're ready for more. You listening to the podcast and being on Zoom with me. Come on, the guys on Zoom. Yeah! You're ready for more because this is, I call it double intake. There's my voice and plus you see my facial exp expressions, right? 
Okay. You joining a multi-level marketing business is a sign. Is a sign you're ready for change. You going back to school is a sign. You hanging out with these friends that you, you're hanging out less with is a sign. That wasn't bad English, but it doesn't matter. I know you got the drift, okay? All this is a sign. Now we can help them by reflecting back to others with wrong committees to show them what the true committee should be and having a higher worth of themselves. So from the moment you see you have somebody that is taking that next step. So if you're an entrepreneur right now, so Melanie Miller, you have here Monique, you have here Dorothy, you know they're ready. So you can rescript them. I can rescript you. I know you're ready. In my line of business, just the fact they joined my MLM is a sign they're ready to be rescripted. Okay. And this is what the subject is really about today. It's about rescripting. Yes, sharpening the saw by helping others to rescript themselves. Okay. Serving your higher purpose, leaving this world a better place because I was here by recognizing them, by validating them, show them where they can be, kicking them in the butt and making myself vulnerable that even if I, I push her and I push, she can't say to me, I need to be bothered. She can't say to me, Maria, get off my back or stop it or quit on me. It's a risk I'm willing to take because my purpose in life is to help you achieve the better version of yourself. And I always say, my father always said, not I, my father always said, listen to those that make you cry and not those that make you laugh. Because often the one who pushes you and that you hate them for it are the ones that are going to make you a better version of yourself. Just ask Melanie when she started crying back in the days. Okay, that's another, you know, Melanie, we didn't have to take stories. We could have told our own stories, okay? So having an abundance mentality for me, it's about giving a positive reflection to you because I know you being very successful doesn't take away from me. So someone scripted me who's scripting you. Now, the power of you scripting others, it actually empowers you. But here's a few stories from Melanie, more in-depth, so you can better understand this concept. Yes, good morning. Thank you, Maria. So how we treat people can have a significant impact on their ability to achieve greatness. And I know that personally. Um, and I know you have all got experiences through your life where you you met somebody who believed in you, whether it was, I know for me, my math teacher uh, back in the day, like I was struggling in my math class, but she kept just kept uh, reminding me that I was able to do this. And by the end of the year, I was one of the best students in the class. How you connect with people, how you uh, are treated can have a significant difference. So I have some stories to share with you today. So the first one, is um, perhaps you're familiar with the musical, man, uh, the musical Man of La Mancha. It's a beautiful story about a medieval knight who meets a woman, a woman of the street, a prostitute. She's being validated in her lifestyle by all the people in her life. But this poet knight sees something else in her, something beautiful and lovely. He also sees her virtue and he affirms it over and over again. He gives her a new name, Dulcinea, a new name associated with a new paradigm. 
At first, she utterly denies it. Her old scripts are overpowering. She writes him off as a wild-eyed fantasizer. But he is persistent. He makes continual deposits of unconditional love, and gradually it penetrates her scripting. It goes down into her true nature, her potential, and she starts to respond. Little by little, she begins to change her lifestyle. She believes it, and she acts from her new paradigm to the initial dismay of everyone else in her life. Later, when she begins to revert to her old paradigm, he calls her to his deathbed and sings that beautiful song, The Impossible Dream, looks her in the eyes and whispers, never forget your Dulcinea. And so, you know, it, this that particular story reminded me of the uh, story of Pygmalion, where uh, that too is where a professor brings a, a woman in and says, you can speak beautifully. And, and gradually she becomes the most celebrated um, person uh, in, in uh, English society. But um, there is another, another couple of stories I want to share. One of the classic stories in the field of self-fulfilling prophecies, that's a word we use a lot in my house, uh, when my kids were, oh, I can't do that. We would say, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. The moment you say that, that's the moment that it's true. So change your words. And, and it's only when I read this, I thought, hey, I've been doing this with my kids. So um, a computer in England was accidentally programmed incorrectly. In academic terms, it labeled a class of bright kids dumb and a class of supposedly dumb kids bright. And that computer report was the primary criteria that created the teachers' paradigms about their students at the beginning of the year. When the administration finally discovered the mistake, five and a half months later, they decided to test the kids again without telling anyone what had happened. And the results were amazing. The bright kids had gone down significantly in IQ test points. I, I wouldn't have been happy with that. They had seen, been seen and treated as mentally limited, uncooperative and difficult to teach. The teacher's paradigms had become a self-fulfilling prophecy. But the scores in the supposedly dumb group had gone up. The teachers had treated them as though they were bright and their energy, their hope, their optimism, their excitement had reflected high individual expectations and worth for those kids. These teachers were asked what it was like during the first few weeks of the term. For some reason, our methods weren't working, they replied, so we had to change our methods. The information showed that the kids were bright. If things weren't working well, they figured it had to be their teaching methods. So they worked on methods. They were proactive. They worked in the circle of influence. Apparent learner disability was nothing more or less than teacher inflexibility. 
And, you know, when we were reading this last night, we were reminded, Mary-Pierre and I, of another similar story. And actually, I like this other story even better because it just focuses on the negative. In that story, I feel really bad for the bright kids who were treated as dumb. And, you know, I said when I was reading this morning, I was thinking, now, a computer doesn't make that error. That's a human error. And somebody wanted to find out what would happen if they did this. So that's the cynic in me. But anyway, in John Maxwell's uh, book, Development, Developing the Leader Within You, he tells a story of uh, a man called Moni who tells of a double-blind experiment conducted in the San Francisco Bay Area. The principal of a school called three professors together and said, because you three teachers are the finest in the system and you have the greatest expertise, we're going to give you 90 high IQ students. We're going to let you move these students through this next year at their own pace and see how much they can learn. Everyone was delighted, faculty and students alike. Over the next year, the professors and the students thoroughly enjoyed themselves. The professors were teaching the brightest students. The students were benefiting from close attention and instruction of highly skilled teachers. By the end of the experiment, the students had achieved from 20 to 30% more than the other students in the whole area. The principal called the teachers in and told them, I have a confession to make. You did not have 90 of the most intellectually prominent students. They were run-of-the-mill students. We took 90 students at random from the system and gave them to you. The teacher said, this, mean, this means that we are exceptional teachers. The principal continued, I have another confession. You are not the brightest of the teachers. Your names were the first three names drawn out of a, lot, a hat. The teachers asked, what made the difference? What did 90 students, why did 90 students perform at such an exceptional level for a whole year? The difference, of course, was the teachers' expectations. Our expectations have a great deal to do with our attitudes. And these expectations may be totally false, but they will determine our attitudes. So, you know, we need to use our imagination rather than our memory when we're dealing with people. We need to look at people and say, what can I see in them that they have yet to see in themselves? Who would, um, you know, I have situations where I can remember um, Maria, she would be attacked by somebody. Uh, she would have somebody that in my mind was being really mean. And she would turn around and she would quite literally look at me and say, you know, maybe they have been programmed to, to live in an environment where they're not expected to be the best of themselves. She would always be able to see in somebody things that I, at that point, was not able to see. And it always astounded me that she had a, an ability to see a good potential in every being. And guess what? She reaches people in a way that, you know, I'm learning to do still now, 15 years later. And we all know that um, we, we 
need to reach people. And an expression by Gota said, treat a man as he is and he will remain as he is. Treat a man as he can and should be and he will become as he can and should be. And I just want to finish this section with a poem because you know me, I love poetry. And uh, this is what the poem is. If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you'd like to win, but think you can't, it's almost certain you won't. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man, but sooner or later, the man who wins is the man who thinks he can. So I think we deserve to, to help people make them think that they are winners. And that's the end of my section. So Marie-Pierre, over to you for the uh, technicalities. Thank you, Melanie. So yes, uh, we had uh, our poem to the physical dimension last week. We did the spiritual dimension. We did the mental dimension. And yesterday, the emotional social dimension. So all those are the plan for uh, our personal work. So as you continue to plan activity that cultivate a deep inner sense of your personal worth and security, you may start noticing that you have become involved in activities that grow out of an abundance mentality. So this model is based on the recognition that there is plenty out there and enough to spare for everyone. So this, uh, this mentality takes the personal joy, satisfaction and fulfillment you find in personal care and start to extend it outward. So because you have started to recognize your own in unlimited possibilities and have appreciation for your own uniqueness, you start to value more of these qualities in others. So from this perspective, you appreciate the remarkable talent and inner direction of others. Often you begin to feel compelled to listen harder, to communicate more clearly and honor and respect others through positive interaction. So you start making deposit into their emotional bank account. So let's start our plan for scripting others. So first, we have to identify what we can do. So each relationship requ requires a unique type of deposit. Some relationship equates hugs, compliments, and small gifts with deposit. For other relationships, dependent dependability and pulling your own weight are the primary deposit. Think of several activities you could engage in that would enrich your relationship with others. Has someone asked you for time? Is there someone in your family or close circle of friends who needs and wants your attention? Is there someone you value and want to get to know better? So to help you to identify what you can do for your uh, scripting others plan, let's go with the question. So, of course, I will ask Maria and Melanie to answer those questions. So, question number one, and everyone go right in the comments if you have an answer for this question. So, question number one, how can you strengthen your relationship with your partner? More sex. <laughs> Sorry, that was pretty spontaneous. <laughs> Okay, I'll leave the serious part to, to Melanie. 
I guess I should say some sex. No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> um, uh, how can you? Well, I strengthen my relationship every day with Alan by spending time uh, talking to him. And I think, you know, taking our dog for a walk, we are together with each other for at least an hour and uh, we talk a lot. Perfect. I see. find that one-on-one -on -one time together to talk. <laughs> But Monique, she's my, like Maria. Okay, <laughs> number two. <laughs> Do you need to learn more about what types of deposit work for the other person involved in a relationship? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because what you like to do is not necessarily what they like to do. doesn't matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Number three. Wait, wait. Need... Is oh. it the right? Is it the right answer? <laughs> There's no... no right or wrong answer. Oh, I want to win. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a questionnaire with some points. That's like <laughs> number three. Do you need to clear time for someone? Absolutely. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Because otherwise, <laughs> life passes you by. And before you know it, you know, it's been two weeks and you've barely spoken to somebody who supposedly is the most important person in your life. I love it. Number four. Okay, maybe you want to answer that one. Do you need to help out at your children's school? So think in the past. Well, I, <laughs> let me answer. Yes, I sent my husband. No, I, I always did help out at the school. Um, and I found it a really important thing to do because what it did was it allowed me to know who my kids were hanging out with and uh, to understand their environment. And perhaps, you know, when a child wasn't doing well, I could see how the teacher interacted with the students. Hmm. Number five, do you need to be more respectful? Yes, because sometimes, uh, you know, when you want more than they want for themselves, like I, I think a lot of times I cross that, um, that line <laughs> of, oh my God, what's wrong with you? You know? Yeah, I've done that too. I've done that recently. <laughs> And after you've done it, you say, oh, that really wasn't the best way to handle that situation. <laughs> what don't you get that you yeah. have? What <laughs> <laughs> number six do you need to learn to listen yes i do maria's very good at listening yeah I, i i'm very good at listening and i'm very selective also because remember there's also a lot of people around us that you you, you need to walk fast the opposite way like have the discernment there you go that's the word yeah. I, like i'm going to listen to monique because Um, I work with her or maybe she's a friend or whatever, but I know she's deeply hurting and she sincerely wants to, you know, whatever. But you have to be careful. Like, th this is a two-way street. You have to be careful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with this question, now you have an idea of action that you can use to scripting others your plan. So now list all the action you can think of that you are interested in taking in order to make social investment. So make deposit in other uh, people, bank account, emotional bank account. So if you 
need some idea, more idea, I found a document. Yes, I will drop it on the group Les Millionaires des Diamants Inspirational Group. So it's 11 ways you can help others see and realize the best that's within them. So number one, believe in them. It's really simple. Number two, encourage them. Number three, it's expect a lot. Make sure that you expect expect more you have to raise your expectation for them number four is tell the truth and tell it with compassion so we often avoid telling the hard truth because we want we don't want to upset anyone we want to be nice but telling the truth is a loving act number five be a role model always be an example number six is share yourself so too often we miss the value of sharing our feeling to be an example that they can do it by themselves too. Number seven, it's to challenge them. Ooh, we love the challenge. So <laughs> challenge them to do more. Number eight is ask a good question. So make sure that um, you ask a question that they can um get clear on what the issue or what they want to make as good uh, choices. So if you need some help with those questions, yes, there's a document on the group too for those good questions to use. Number nine is to acknowledge them. So you always find what you're looking for. What Melanie told, a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's exactly that, but for someone else too. Number 10, it's to spend time with them. And 11, to listen. So listen to them with honest uh, interest. And of course, put your phone away. <laughs> That's the one thing that everyone can uh, remember. So now, with all those in mind, now think of your plan. So let's start with your plan. So what idea do you want to start on right now? So when you choose it, write it as an affirmation. So for example, if you have decided that you want to live in your relationship with a child, you might have a, an affirmation like, I will read with my child for 10 to 15 minutes each night. So decide what it is and write it as an affirmation. So I will dot, dot, dot. And now you go into the planning tool, so your agenda, and plan your time over the next week to renew this relationship. And we go into the last part that is evaluation. So yes, you want to make sure that uh, in after the first week, you want to assess your success and progress after the first week. And if you're really brave, try asking for feedback. So check your progress from the perspective of those with whom you relate. So that's the evaluation after one week. So you can see if you are on the right track to renew this relationship. So that's the plan for um, renew relationship and scripting others. Thank you, Marie-Pierre. Now we have somebody new on Podbeam, OJ28. Melanie Miller, if you look at your Podbeam, he or she says, ask, could you please write the first quote regarding self uh Anyway, saying no, there's something you said that I want you, he wants or she wants you to write down. Uh, 
once again, there's another comment I want to read here coming from OJ28. And he or she's absolutely right. What often happens or happened more with me in the past is that you want so much for the other person. But the problem is I have expectations. So it's very important when filling somebody else's cup, when giving them a new script, don't have expectations. They have to have the expectations, not us. So thank you very much for, uh, it's a he, <laughs> he writes out it's a he. So thank you very much for writing that down because he is absolutely, absolutely right. So in closing, I would like to say something straight out of the book of Stephen. What if you were a positive scripter, an affirmer of other people? What do you think would happen to your children? What do you think would happen to your husband? See, my take on it is like, uh, like this. I visualize a, um, a, a liege. How do I say a liege in English? Uh, a cork. You know, a bottle comes with a cork. And I visualize that person as that cork. And as I pour into them a new script, as I pour into them recognition, as I pour in them, into them validating, showing them what they can be, I see me putting, pouring water and their, their, their cork rises higher and higher. So this is what I, I teach usually young, young men, young women that are just married. I always try to teach them, remember, pour water into each other's cups so you can rise to the best level of yourself. So thank you so much, everyone, for being here. And I appreciate you sharing and commenting. And yes, welcome to all our newbies. In the, yes, Lise, the dogs are in the house. People are here. Everybody's excited. Everybody's excited. Bye, guys. Have fun this weekend. And we'll see each other next weekend. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you.